Blog Talk Radio. On Tuesday nights, all we do is Sports Talk Atlanta. Tune in at 8 p.m. Eastern Time with host Travis McGee and Jamel Johnson. And, by the way, we talk HBCU first. Then, we get you ready for all the sports news of the week around the world. We can't wait for you to stop by Never Had It So Good Sports Radio for the best sports show in America on Tuesday night. Let's go! Good evening, this is Sports Talk Atlanta on the Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network and Radio. I am your host, Travis McGee. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Jamel Johnson. Jamel, how are you tonight? I'm doing great, Travis. How are you tonight? I'm doing outstanding, Jamel. Jamel, it's another great week of sports. We've had a great weekend of sports in America. I'm excited yeah, about another... a, whole, a whole lot of things, Jamel. Yeah, me too. I'm mainly excited about these NBA playoffs. They're about to go into the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals. Some some teams are up 3-1 right now, so it's going to be very interesting. And some, some uh, teams are tied neck and neck, 2-2. So very, it's going to be very interesting these next couple of, of days waiting to see everything unfold like that. Hey, man, I just can't wait to get to that part of the show, man, because there's a lot of things. You know, I'm a LeBron James fan. Uh, ever since he was in high school. So, uh, hey, man, this is really, really, really set me on fire, what the Lakers are doing. And then what I like about the Lakers, man, you have non-household names doing the job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And the Boston Celtics, man, they're hey, they're in trouble. But, hey, man, I can't wait to get to that portion of the show Right now, we're going to get into the brand of our show. I want to let all of our listeners know what we're going to be talking about, first of all. We're going to be talking about HBCU Sports News and Updates. We're going to be talking about the NFL draft with HBCU. Only one player was taken in the, in the draft. And we're going to talk about NBA, man. Playoffs are exciting, especially on the weekends, man. When you can get that playoff action on the weekends, man, you don't have to go to work. You can do things around the house, and all of a sudden – you can get ready for the playoffs, man, for some very good basketball, professional basketball. It's nothing, nothing like playoffs, man, because it playoffs, hey, man, it's for all the marbles, and that's what we want to talk about. But before we get started, we want to let Jamel tell all of our listeners, though, how you can follow us, man. Tell us how you can follow us, Jamel. Yeah, so you guys can follow us on uh, Twitter at Sports Talk ATL1. Instagram, Sports Talk Atlanta, and then Facebook, Sports Talk Atlanta. Once again, that is Twitter, Sports Talk ATL1, uh, Instagram, Sports Talk Atlanta, and then Facebook, Sports Talk Atlanta. Hey, man, I want to, right now I want to give a shout-out to all of our hardworking interns, man. We got some brilliant interns around Sports Talk Atlanta. I want to give a shout-out to Miss Sierra, Sierra Herford from Los Angeles, California, man. She's doing a terrific job for us here at Sports Talk Atlanta. And I also want to give a great shout-out to Mr. Kevin Williams out of Chicago, Illinois. I want to give a shout-out to both of these brilliant interns. We have very big futures with them. 
we're trying to take small names and make them into big names. That's what we do right here. Also, we want to give a shout-out to my co-host, Mr. Jamel Johnson, who's been doing a great job since he's been here. Uh, he came in, uh, I think, about a year ago, and he has done a tremendous job here as my co-host. So I just want to let everybody know that here at Sports Talk Atlanta, there's a lot of hard work going on, and, man, we appreciate it. So, Sierra Herbert, Kevin Williams, Jamel, uh, Jamel Johnson, I'm sorry, we thank you. We thank you and continue the hard work. Hey, man, let's jump right into it, man. Uh, shoot, man, I mean, in, in HBCU, man, the bracket is set for Black College World Series. Can you, ima- can you imagine, man, we're talking Black College baseball right now, Jamel, and we're talking about, what, the early part of May? Yeah, early part of May, yeah. Yeah, man, good stuff, man. And, and you know, there's a lot of talent here, and it's a lot of fun for baseball players, man, uh, at, at, for HBCUs. Uh, the Division Two bracket includes a number of number one seed, Albany State versus number four seed, Edward Waters, number two seed, Savannah State versus number three seed, Bluefield State. And over in the NAIA bracket includes number one seed, Russ College versus number four seed, Florida Memorial, number two seed, Wiley College versus number number three seed, Payne College. Now, the Black College World Series kicks off tomorrow, May 10th, with Albany versus Waters at 9 a.m. Boy, that's an early game. And Russ versus Russ College versus Florida Memorial at 1230, Savannah State versus Bluefield State at 4 p.m., and then concluding with Wiley versus Payne College at 730. Now, I'm going to go into our predictions on this one. First of all, a 9 a.m. start, man, what time do you think they got to get up, uh, Jamil? Oh, man, I think they uh, – I know, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure the baseball rituals, uh, especially, you know, D1, D2, NAIA. I'm not right. exactly sure the pregame baseball, baseball rituals. But if it's anything like any other sport, you're getting up 5, 6 o'clock uh, to be ready meet with the team, have team meeting, uh, maybe go over some film, go over some plays, go over, uh, you know, eat. You got to eat. You got to make sure you, you have a good uh, breakfast, especially. You don't right. want anything too too heavy, but you also don't want anything too light to where you're out there, right. you know, lightheaded, not really have anything on your stomach. But you also you want to kind of that, find that middle ground and where you're going out there still being able to play. So I think definitely probably 530 to 6 o'clock is definitely what, the time they're probably looking up, uh, looking at waking up at, and I mean, you look at the other the game slots; they're kind of spread out uh, about three hours in between each one. And right. I just want to know what you know Albany State and Edward Waters did to get the short end of the stick on that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm thinking the same thing, man. You got to get five, six o'clock because both teams got to get some batting practices. Both teams got to get fielding practice in both teams now. You know, yep. both teams, you know, batting practice, that means, you know, everybody on the team's got to get some, you know, a couple of swings in. You got to stretch. Yep. I mean, you got to get some, you know, you know, get some game, game-like situations, small game-like situations because you, you, you're dealing with time. I would think, wow, man, you got to be on the probably what? No later than 7 o'clock because – that gives, I'd say, 6.45 because that gives one team an hour, do all of that in an hour, 
then the next team has to get up, come on, do all of their stuff in an hour. Game time is <clears> 9 <throat> o'clock. Wow. And then yeah. your pitchers, man, your pitchers, they got to warm up. They got to warm up, man. Oh, wow, man. So it, it should be fun, you know. We're still talking, you know, 18 to 23, no, 18 to 24, 18 to 22-year-olds. So, you know, they're young, but still, man, you, you know, that's still early for a game, but they got to get these games in. And it is the Black College World Series. should be fun, man. If anybody can, uh, if you're in the area of the, uh, of the Black College World Series, man, we invite you to go over and support Support is what it's all about. Support these teams, man. Support your team if your team is in that area. Support your team, man. And uh, see these young men uh, play black college football. I mean, black college baseball. Hey, man, let's go with a prediction real quick. Albany State versus Edward Waters. Who you got? I'm going with Albany like, State. Yeah, I like Albany State. They finished 35-10. and 10. I think that's the best record in this uh, little bracket right here, uh, in, 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 uh, Division Two and NAIA. So I right. think I'm definitely going to Albany State here. Edward Waters has a really good team, but I'm going to go Albany State. Hey, man, Ross College versus Florida Memorial. I'm going Florida Memorial. Yeah, I'm going to go Florida Florida Memorial too. I think they have a really good shot at winning this thing. I think this will probably be probably the best game in this conference, right, or in this uh, tournament right here. I think both of these teams are pretty evenly matched. But I got Florida Memorial probably winning it in a really close game. Savannah State versus Bluefield State. I'm going Savannah State. I'm going to go Savannah Savannah State too. I don't think an upset will happen here uh, because Savannah State is the two seed and they have a 33 and 12 record. Uh, so I think they're going to go ahead and win that game. Bluefield has a 24 and 23 record, a little bit more, uh, kind of close to closer to 500, uh, and they're way able to squeeze into the tournament. But I think I'm definitely going to go Savannah State. Hey man. Also, we got Bluefield State. No, I'm sorry. We have Wiley College versus Payne College. Uh, uh, supposed to be the best game because they're starting at 730, but uh, I'm going to go Payne, man. Uh, you know, just I, I'm just going to go Payne College. Payne, okay. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, this, this one I feel like it's hard. I feel like this one is definitely like a toss-up. Our personally, I think, going to go Wiley. They are the two seed. But, like, I think it's a little bit more like how Florida Memorial um, and their game with Rust is. They're very evenly matched in this NAIA bracket. Uh, they're very close to 500, both of these teams. And I think that Wiley College probably has a better edge in this one uh, just yeah. by seeing, you know, some of their film. But I think with the Wiley College, like I said, I think this one a, is a toss-up. But it's, I think it's going to be interesting to see, uh, like we talked about, the, the, how the games are spread out like this. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see kind of what the score line is going to be for all of these games because you got to think, okay, is fatigue going to play a factor for the earlier games? Is maybe sitting around all day, maybe players aren't, you know, doing as much, trying to, you know, rest for the, for the for their game later at 7.30 or 4 o'clock or whatever. I think you got to kind of take that into account and, See, okay, maybe if the later games might be a little bit more high scoring because they have a little bit more energy. Earlier games might be fatigue might be a factor. Some of the players aren't really used to waking up like that. Obviously, they have uh, practices and, and morning workouts and everything. But I still I still feel like six five five six o'clock is, is is very rare for these guys to be waking up at. And I mean, you have to think a lot of them have probably had to go to sleep around seven eight o'clock just to get it out. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. 
Yeah, man. Well, we already know that Albany State and Edward Waters are probably in the bed right now. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, it's eight twelve. Uh, if they're not, you know, they're they're in their rooms. They're you know whatever that they do in order for them to fall off to sleep. Now, Russ, Florida Memorial, Savannah State, Bluefield State, uh, Wiley College of Payne, they got a little bit of extra time, so you know they can they probably can fall off to sleep. You know, eleven, twelve, midnight, somewhere in there. You know, but everybody, everybody, we already know everybody is in their rooms at ten o'clock, no matter what. Yeah. Nothing's moving after ten o'clock. Oh yeah. You know, and, and if you the room better be on fire if you if you're in the hall. Definitely. <laughs> the room better be on fire. But but yeah, uh, you know, uh, discipline teams, man, they 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 always in. And so, uh, uh, first of all, shout out to all of these teams that made the Black College World Series. This will be. Uh, one for the books, man. Amen. It's going to be exciting to see, and I'm going to watch and see what uh, the outcome of every game. Let's, we're going to switch. Uh, we'll switch gears here. Still in HBCU. Um, look at this. Uh, while only one player was picked in the 2023 draft, NFL draft, many players and coaches within HBCU sports have spoke about the NFL's blatant, blatant discrimination against black colleges. Uh, Will McKay, the Cowboys' vice president of player personnel, has made a statement regarding the comments made pertaining to the NFL overlooking HBCU players. He says there's not a conspiracy uh, against drafting HBCU players. We're looking for players that can come from anywhere. I think that we've had the opportunities in the NFL and having things to highlight the HBCU schools. He also said how Dion's doing a great job of promoting HBCUs and promoting Colorado. And all those things, he wants to see players drafted. We want to draft good football players, and good players come from anywhere. Okay, if they come from anywhere, there's four conferences of African American football players, and those African American football players made the NFL to what they are today. Mm-hmm. So something in the milk's not white. Period. You can call it whatever that we want. It is what it is. That is my opinion. What do you say about that, Jamel? I mean, I definitely disagree uh, with with Will McClay's statement because there is a, a great conspiracy around HBCU players not getting selected. I mean, I, I really don't understand how you go from well, we have four last year, right? We have four last right. year, and then and this year we only have one. It's right. very, very upsetting to me, to HBCU, to the HBCU world, to black African Americans in general, <clears throat> because you, like you said, okay, they do have things to highlight HBCUs, correct? They have things to highlight them, but at the same time, they use, they don't use these, the HBCU combine, the pro days for them. They don't use these things. They go to they may go to them, but they don't use them to draft them. You know, they don't use them to take them in the draft. We're not. I mean, obviously we would like them to go first round, second round, but I'm not even talking about. Not even I'm not even talking about first round, second round. I mean, third round, fourth round. You're telling me none of these guys were even good enough to go fifth round, sixth round, seventh round in the in the third day. 
you know. I mean, a lot of those guys, and I feel like in those later rounds that go ahead of HBCU players, they're not even good enough to make the practice squad. You know, they're not even good enough to be on the final roster at the end of the day. And a lot of the times they don't. A lot of times when you're a sixth, seventh round pick, late late round pick like that, it's a it's an uphill battle as soon as you get in the league uh, to try to be able to get a roster spot because it's it's so hard because you have those first round, second round, third round positions that you're fighting uh, that you're fighting against, and nine times out of ten they're completely overlooking you. You can have the best training camp, the best preseason uh, in the world. You can have it. But, you know, sometimes it just comes down to it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because those guys, they, they drafted those guys to come in and leave a mark and to, to start right away. And I feel like that's what the narrative for those late-round picks are. And I'm like, okay, you're telling me that none of the HBCU players were good enough to get drafted in the late round to just come and show you what they have? And some of them, a lot of them did get free agents or uh, signed by uh, undrafted free agents. But undrafted free agents, even worse uh, in terms of being at the bottom of the totem pole. It's it's even worse. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but what you said just just hit me, man. Listen to the phrase, undrafted free agents. (laughs) I mean, listen to that. Yeah. Undrafted. You were. Un- I mean, the person was undrafted. But you know, I'm just hoping. I'm just hoping that I did not mean to cut you off. Um, we're going to go to the commercial in about three minutes, and then after that, we'll pick this conversation back up. But my thing is, undrafted free agent, and and you already know, like I, you know me pretty good by now because you've been here a little while and you know my lingo pretty much and you know what my thought process is. And my thought process is the ones that are undrafted, when we get to summer camp, it's a totally different story. Mm-hmm. When we get to those two-a-days, it's a totally different story. Now we're going to see what's really going on, you know, drafted or undrafted, you know. Because, you know, I'm sure my undrafted HBCU players are going to be hungry. They're going to be hungry. And they might be a little bit more hungry than the one that came from whatever perfect world that they came from. Um, you know, and it might not, you know, look the same. Everybody's Everybody has a clean slate when they get there. So, you know, but go ahead. I, I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead and finish your comments. I mean, I was, I mean, I was pretty much done at that, at that time, but I was just – and the Cowboys did, in fact, sign Isaiah Land, who came from FAMU. Right. But right. that doesn't take away from the fact that Isaiah Bolden was the only HBCU play, uh, player taken during the draft. Right. So, like I said, it's it's just an uphill battle for the the HBCU players. And what the what actually kind of irks me a little bit about because there's there's another segment in here about the G League for for the NBA and HBCU players getting getting uh, a chance in the G League. But with the okay. NFL. Hold on. Hold on to that one after we come back from break, okay? Because when we yeah. do come back, hold on to the G League thought. Make sure you keep that with you. But at the same time, I want to let all of our listeners know that the what the part I'm the most upset about, and I think any African-American and any human being should be upset about with this past NFL draft when it comes to HBCU football players. Look at this. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about that. This is Sports Talk Atlanta 
on the Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network and Radio. We'll be right back. CampLyman.com is an opportunity for my big boys to come get some work. Let's put it all together. We built from the ground up. You know, our cliche is it all starts up front. Once again, start, stance, hand placement, hand separation, get-offs, counter moves, a little bit of everything. Polish up those skills before your middle school or high school season began. Just come work on your craft. Once again, CampLyman.com. Do you need tile installed in your home or business? Then John Robinson Tile LLC is the company for you. We have over 60 years of experience installing tile. We do bathrooms, kitchens, and so much more. Give us a call at 803-529-0092. Check out our website at www.johnrobinsontile2.com. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Just search J-Rob Tile or John Robinson Tile. We're licensed and insured and Schluter certified. If you need tile installed, we are your company. We believe in laying hands on everything that we do. That's John Robinson Tile Installation Service for new and old homes. Renovation of kitchens and bathrooms installs all types. That's John Robinson Tile, the number two, dot com. And we're back. This is Sports Talk Atlanta. I've never had it so good. Sports Media Network and Radio. I am your host, Travis McGee. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Jamel Johnson. Again, I want to give a shout-out to all of our hardworking interns that we have here at Sports Talk Atlanta, Ms. Sierra Herford and Mr. Kevin Williams. We want you to continue your hard work. It is very much appreciated. And I also want to give a shout-out to my co-host, Mr. Jamel Johnson, who's been doing a tremendous job ever since he's been here. So I want to let everybody know these names because at Sports Talk Atlanta, we're going to take these little names and make them into big names. Look at this. This is the part that um, I was telling you before the break, man. This is the part I'm most upset about. Um, And it shows – they they showed themselves, which they always do. They do it in a bold fashion, and they do it like, you know, like you don't have feelings or anything. And a lot of people are like that in this world, but the NFL really showed it. Okay, here we go. When Deion Sanders got to to Jackson State, in conjunction with the NFL, they created the NFL Combine. You remember that, Jamel? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. But now they have an NFL Combine. So at the at the HBCU NFL Combine, which is your all-stars, your best players of the NFL, at that Combine, all the representatives of all 32 teams were at the HBCU NFL Combine. Listen to the title, HBCU NFL Combine. Can you only tell me one came out of there? Wait a minute. This is a combine for all of you all to see. And all of you all said, hey, man, that was good. Travis is good. Uh, uh, Jamel is good. Kevin is good. Their James is good. You know, yeah, I like them. I like them. Oh, yeah. You know. 
I, I guess it was about 50, go 75. But let's go 50. We'll go 50 ball players that are there from all four conferences. And taking the best of the four, only one come out. Now you're talking who's fooling who. You just put them out there yeah. just so you can, you know, pacify them, pacify African Americans, pacify HBCU players. Is that what you did? Obviously, you did that because you did it. And didn't even look back. And then you tried to come through the Cowboys and try to say, hey, man, we go anywhere. Just You know, he got that from um, Shannon Sharp because Shannon Sharp told him, his coach told him when he was at Savannah State, hey, man, if you're good, they'll find you. And that's what we're supposed yeah. to continue to use in 2023. But obviously, that's not true. That's obvious. So, you know, it's going to show itself again. And that's what I love about life. Things continue to show themselves, whether you like it or not. And um, that's the part that's really gripping me right now because here we go with the G League. The NBA G League will hold an elite tryout camp next week in Chicago. Fifty players have been invited, and among these 50 are players from both the MEAC and the SWAT. Guard Joe Bryant uh, Jr. from Norfolk State. I saw him play, and he's very good. He played with Norfolk. They played against Howard. Uh, in that uh, MEAC championship game, and he did a very good job. Although they lost, he still did a very good job. And guard Sean Doss of Arkansas Pine Bluff are the two players heading to Chicago for the G League League trial next week. Next week. Okay. Okay. Now, in the meantime, over the last two or three years, we've had HBCU All-Star games. That's the best in basketball. That's the best out of all four conferences. You have the SWAC and the MEAC, and then you have the CIAA and the SIC. 50 of the best HBCU basketball players, you know what? They've met at Morehouse College right here in Atlanta, Georgia. Jamel, nothing. Yeah. Are you serious? So none of our players are six 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 seven six eight six nine six ten six eleven that can play. That's got good footwork. That can run the court. That can run plays. None of them. None of those. None of those. Not even three, four, yeah. five, six, seven of them. Wow, really? <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's funny, but it's gonna. It's not gonna be funny in the long run because you know. Um, Things are going to go on where it's not going to be so funny anymore. Yeah. You know, it's not so funny. But, you know, it's funny right now, particularly to the ones that, you know, went to uh, UPWI and they played in front of 75,000 and 80,000 and ha, ha, ha. You know, um, it's just going to be uh, good stuff. And we just—I just want to, you know, check it out and see what all goes on. But yeah, we're going back to, back to the uh, NFL and HBCU players. I think that they're going to have to do a better job. I think that HBCU. Now, you know, at one time, Jamel, when you first started, I think, um, uh, I think that they talked about <coughs> HBCUs didn't have good coaches. Mm, yeah, they did. I remember that. You remember that? Yeah. They can't, they can't say that anymore, man. You can't say that anymore. I mean, HBCU's got good coaching all the way up. Benedict College went 10-0. and 0. Yeah. And the SI went to the playoffs. I mean, come on. 
I mean, all throughout the swag, they got 12 teams. All 12 of them got good coaches. All yeah. 12. <laughs> all 12 of them got good coaches, man. And most that, just tells, of them, that just tells you all about the division itself, you know. Exactly. It tells you about the conference. The conference is very high. And the MEAC, oh, my God. Come on, man. The MEAC, since you've been at Sports Talk Atlanta, uh, the MEAC has had uh, South Carolina State Bulldogs. They won uh, the, the Celebration Bowl, and this past Celebration Bowl was won by North Carolina Central. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't believe that quarterback in North Carolina Central didn't get some type of look. But, you know, maybe they didn't see you know, Maybe I didn't see what they don't see. I don't know. I can't believe it, though, you know, because the boy, I'm not going to say the boy, the young man can really play football. And in that game, man, between Jackson State and North Carolina Central, you tell me nobody was good. Oh, my God. Come on. That game was it was really good, too. Oh, man. Wow. Uh, oh, my God, man. <laughs> the ratings on that game was just off the chain. Yeah, and the game went down to the last one. Didn't they go into overtime? I believe they did. Because go overtime. you know, yeah. you remember they, the, you know, the young man from uh, Jackson State dropped the ball in the end yeah. zone with nobody around him. Yeah, he dropped the ball. Yep, that was the was that the end of the game. That uh, was the end of the game. And yeah, the end of the game. One. Yeah, you know. So again, man, I I, I just don't understand how they continue to do this, but I, I understand what they're doing. And a lot of people don't want to see what they're doing. And it all adds up. Critical race theory in this country. They want to erase black history, period. Uh, you have, again, I'm going to still lay on uh, Major League Baseball with the World Series, no African-American-born players in the World Series. Then you come right back with the NFL not drafting but one HBC player. All of that stuff is in the pot. All of that stuff is in the pot for you to try to erase our history. And I'm, I'm relying on my young to try to keep it because if not, you know, they're doing a very good job at trying to erase black folks' history. All of that lynching and things that even right now, all the way up until this day, you know, all the things that went on, all the things that went on, they're trying to make it like, hey, man, pro what? And yeah. we stand here and not continue to just keep the stuff going. And I, like I said, it's really, really upsetting to me. Uh, because these these players put so much hard work in uh, to be yep. able to go to things like HBCU Combine, uh, go to their pro days. Um, Why? They put so much work in. Like you said, I mean, probably about 50 ball players there, 50 to 75, and you're going through these because, I mean, the, the people who are conducting the drills are NFL personnel. They're from different teams. So they're seeing firsthand experience um what these guys can do on a professional level. And they're conducting professional-type drills, um, and they're basically mimicking uh, professional-type practice. Um, So being able to do that, meet all these guys, meet uh, the NFL personnel, talk with teams, and they're all in your face like, oh, yeah, you know, you're good, you're good, Uh, you did did pretty good today, you did really good. And then time the, the, the draft comes, you know, your name's not called. You don't hear your name called for seven rounds. That's three days you don't hear your name. Right. And you got to be sitting at the TV 
for exactly. a long time. You know, wait, trying to wait, waiting to hear your name called. Just wait. You, you think you got some hope, and then you, you don't hear your name. And it's just got to be so devastating. The thing I was saying about the G League is that, obviously, the G League, they only invited two uh, HBCU basketball players from the SWAC and the MEAC. You know, obviously, we wanted more, but that's what we got this year. But the NFL doesn't have a formal development league. They have different leagues that they're not affiliated with. They have the XFL, and then they have the Canadian Football League, uh, and I believe there is the AFL. I think I'm not sure if that's still a thing, but I think they have the AFL. Um, so those are the leagues that kind of like are startup leagues or, you know, bottom-tier leagues that different players kind of go into, and they're still classified as professionals, but they're getting this kind of professional type experience, but not actually being in the NFL and getting NFL salaries and everything like that. Some of the rules are a little bit different too, but the NFL, it doesn't have a formal development league. So they're not with their, with how the G league is, the NBA is directly connected to the G league. So they have college or they have NBA scouts uh, connected to their, to their team. So uh, just like uh, with Kenneth Lofton Jr., he got brought up from the Memphis Grizzlies, G League team. I'm not sure what it's called, but he got brought up from the the G League team for the for the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies after their season was done, heading into the playoffs. They saw that the type of potential that this man had, and I believe he won G League Player of the Year, something like that. They saw the type of potential that this man had. And they were, you know, they were like, you know what? Let, let's bring this guy up. You know, let's bring this guy up to, to our to our squad, to the uh, the, uh, the NBA. Let's see if he can perform the exact same he did in the G League. He looks pretty good. We want to see what he's about. The NBA has that, and so they can be directly connected to these players that are that are in the G League. NFL doesn't have that. You know, they they can go to these these leagues and find players, or if they hear about players, they might want to look at look a little bit more into them. But the G League and the NBA is like intertwined, and they're trying to, especially with the G League, they're trying to make it more competitive. They're trying to make it better uh, every year because now a lot of players are opting out of going to college and, and basketball, and they're going straight to the G League. That's especially with HBCU players can do that too. If they're good enough, they feel like they're good enough, they can go straight to the G League and get some type of real professional experience also being connected to the NBA, getting to know some of these NBA scouts, getting to know some coaches, getting to know uh, some other players and all that. They could do that, especially I feel like it's a better outlet for HBCU players in the NBA. NFL just doesn't have that. And like we talked about when it's like they're toying with them, they're playing with them. They're almost like, hey, you know, we're, we're going to give you these events. We're going we're gonna, to um, have the combine. We're going to come to your pro day. I mean, we literally had uh, college game day come to, I know that's NCAA, but we had college game day come to a Jackson State and FAMU game. That is big news. That is big. And you're telling me you got college game day coming to a HBCU game, broadcasting it on a national stage, and you're not you're telling me that you can't draft anybody from that school or from either, either of those schools. That's obviously telling you right there that this is something to look out for. HBCU football is something to look out for, and they're just blatantly overlooking it. They're trying to trying to give you a little rope, trying to give you a little rope here and there. But then when it actually comes to following through on their promise, you know, they just cut the rope, and they're like, you know, I'm yet to dry. Uh, so that's, that's definitely what the, the most upsetting thing to me is, is how hard these people work, how hard these players work. You see it, 
and then just for them to really have nothing to show for it after their four years. Obviously, you have your degree and you have the relationships that you that you kept with your uh, with your players, your your teammates, your coaches, um, and you know being able to please fans and all that. But at the end of the day, you want something more. You know, you want something more, and that's that's really just heartbreaking for a lot of these a lot of these players. Heart, heartbreaking for me to go through or for me to watch them go through that. Hey man, unbelievable, unbelievable. You know, I heard you say something about the pro day. I mean, when yeah. you have a pro day, usually you're thinking, I'm going to get picked by somebody. Yeah. Usually. Somebody's going to look at me. And then they have the uh, the nerve on the pro day to send scouts there to get your hopes up. And like you said, seven rounds, three days, your name doesn't get picked at all. Wow. Really? But, you know, this, this type of behavior has gone on since the start of this country. You know, uh, they always want to make it seem like African Americans have no feelings. We got feelings too, yeah. man. You know, and, and yeah. I know this country. This country wants everybody to have no feelings. That way, they can do stuff to you. And that right now, you can't say stuff. You know, I have a lot of friends of mine. You know, they, 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 we'll go out somewhere and they, hey, man, you can't say that. But that, now we're down to that. Hey, man, you can't say that. You can't say a whole lot of stuff. And with yeah. that being said, with that being said, whatever actions that they have, you can't say anything about it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, um, you know, uh, with, it's all a wait and see again. I hope that the ones that are that got undrafted, I hope they go into summer camp. I hope they have a very good mind. I hope they're strengthening their uh, their skills uh, while we while we're speaking right now. Uh, I say that to say also that um, there is a offensive lineman from uh, um, uh, North Carolina Central. He is, has been invited to the Cleveland Browns. Um, Officer Tackle, he's been invited to the Cleveland Browns mini camp, so I want to give a shout out to him, man. Um, that's going to really, uh, you know, strengthen their their take on things um, as far as you know him being drafted. Um, you know, he, he's a very big kid, man, um, uh, and he just won the the celebration bowl. He's six foot three, three hundred five pounds. He's a native of Millsboro, Delaware. He was voted as the 2022 MEAC uh, Offensive Lineman of the Year after leading the dominant Eagles uh, to office in front of 90% grade on blocking assignments. He allowed just eight pressures with 69 pancake blocks in 71, 731 plays as a starter in all 12 games. I mean, that is phenomenal, man. Um, you know, his name is Robert Mitchell. Robert Mitchell. So, I hope Mr. Mitchell, I'm an offensive lineman, and I think off. I like I'm offense, man. I like to think of ways to score. So, you know, uh, yeah. shout out to him, and I hope he makes the best of it, man. And I hope he gets in summer camp or this mini camp and really show his skills, man, and show them that they missed out on, um, uh, 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 you know, not drafted in period, you know. But hey, man, you can take that that little name, and uh, maybe he can, you know, do some big things, man. I hope that. Look at this. We're going to take the last break of the day, man. It's 840, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the G League. And maybe, hey, man, 
um, something that I think that would be a lot of fun for everybody. We're going to uh, maybe talk with our producer, Miss Princess Cooper. Her and I have always gone over the years over Georgia players and Florida players. I know that there's Texas and California. Those are huge states. But Georgia and Florida go back and forth, man, with a lot of football players that have really come out of high school out of those states. And then there's been some people like Matt Stafford who played, who grew up in Dallas, Texas, but he went to the University of Georgia. Set records there with the Detroit Lions. Hey, man, went to the Los Angeles Rams and won the Super Bowl. So either they have uh, they were born and raised in Georgia, or they just have university uh, ties in Georgia or Florida. So, you know, let's, let's add a little fun before the end of the show. Uh, this is Sports Talk Atlanta on the Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network and Radio. We'll be right back. When I was in the NFL, I would use towels similar to dry towel, but they were made out of cotton, so they weren't as effective. So what happens is you have to change the towel probably two or three times a game. The absorption rate is greater than any cotton towel you ever see on the market. What I love about the dry towel is that it absorbs sweat and moisture so well that you don't really have to change it throughout the course of a game, not three or four like I used to use on the course of a game to keep everything dry and intact. Also, for you guys who wear mouthpieces, little pocket for your mouthpiece so you don't have to stick it in your helmet, you don't have to keep track of it. You know in the course of a game your hands are going to get dirty, you're going to get dirty. You don't want to put your, your mouthpiece in your hands a whole lot so it's a nice little pocket. After the play, you put it there, right before you walk up to the line of scrimmage, you grab it back, bam, it's right there. I used to like to wipe my hands off so I wouldn't fumble the football, um, you know, to make sure my grip was straight. This would have been perfect. Everything is sealed. Everything is right here on my right-hand side, easily accessible. I can grab it, pop it in. I'm done. Talk Atlanta on the Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network and Radio. I'm your host, Travis McGee. I'm joined by my superior co-host, Mr. Jamel Johnson. Jamel, we were just talking about the, I guess, being shortchanged uh, HBCU athletes that are going to, to, the, uh, to the professional ranks from the NBA and from uh, uh, the, uh, uh, from the NFL. You know, uh, this today, uh, I'm switching gears a little bit. Today, Vita Blue, you might not remember him, but I rem- I've watched him play with the Oakland A's. He was a very hard pitcher, man. I mean, he could. the Oakland A's won World Series behind Vita Blue's pitching because, man, when he would pitch, all you saw was a peel. You didn't even see the ball. That's how yeah. hard he threw. Came out of Southern University. Southern and Southern has so many good baseball players, man. We're talking Lou Brock and some others, man, that came out of Southern, man. There's a lot of uh, players uh, that have come out of HBCUs that will blow your mind when you start to do the study, and then now all of a sudden you don't even want to draft them in any sport, in any sport. Now it's beginning to be in any sport, ball, yeah. baseball, and football. You know, so now they're just they're – just, you know, they're just smelling themselves, the, uh, all these, the NFL, NBA, and the uh, uh, NFL. I mean, it's straight up, 
You know, they're just like, yeah. okay, we don't need you no more. You know, we got what we wanted, and which is a proven track record of them. So, you know, it's not nothing surprising. But like you said, I'm Jamel, you put it best. These young men worked hard to get to where they were, and for them not to be compensated for their hard work is shameful. It's yeah. shameful. It's shameful. Deion Sanders said, Coach Deion Primetime Sanders said something when he was at Jackson State. It's, it makes no sense. It makes no sense, man. And, you know, he said that these young men, that's why he used his own money in order for Jackson State facilities to be better than they were when he left. When he first got yeah. there, he used his money along with other his other ties of people that he knew uh, through sponsorship. Hey, man, he said these boys and girls want a dream just like the one over there at Florida State, just like the one at Georgia and Alabama, USC, Ohio State. They go yeah. in their dorm and they dream about that day when they get when they're freshmen and sophomore. So now you know. And now you've got these good facilities, they're dreaming, and yet you still put a roadblock in that. It's just totally unfair, man, you know. Um, but it's just not right. But uh, I, I, I want to say rest in peace, Mr. Bottle Blue uh, and the Blue family. We, we Condolences to them. Uh, I watched him uh, pitch, man. Uh, I mean, good Lord. When I say throw hard, you know, a pitcher, when he raises that knee up really high, yeah. Pitching in order to make that delivery, <laughs> he would <laughs> he would raise that knee <laughs> really high. <laughs> yeah. And man, here comes a peel. You you see the uh, aspirin? That's uh, all you would. Yeah. That's, all, that's all you would see, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I use that example because he threw really hard, Jamel. Um, uh, he was seventy three years old, so. Yeah. Um, he was off. He was off the chain. Chain, man, off the chain, man. Um, hey, man, I'm gonna see if my producer's available. We got about what 14 minutes left on the show, man. If she's available, Miss Princess Cooper, if you could come on real quick. If not, we'll keep going on with the show. We just want to have a little fun with you. We do know that you're from the state of Florida, and over the years uh, that I've been on this show, her and I have gone backwards and forwards about. You know, I always say, hey, man. I keep seeing these players out of Georgia, and they're like first players picked. They're in the top five. Sometimes, you know, you know, ha ha ha. I mean, good lord, and you know, first round this year. Um, you know, you had a lot. Uh, I think it's, they said that Kirby Smart, since he's been in seven years, he's had fifty-four ball players go uh, in the draft. Fifty-four, fifty-four, which is a record for Georgia. Um, but hey, man, uh, Miss Princess Cooper, are you there, ma'am? Yes, sir. I made sure to leave my Zoom with Denver, Colorado, so that I could come on and talk to you. <laughs> you all. Okay. First of all, we want to thank you for your time. We know your time is precious. We also uh, we know that you are our fearless leader. I would like for you to say hi to Mr. Jamel Johnson. Hey, hey Mr. Jamel Johnson. Doing really good, sir. How about you? I'm doing great. Nice to have you on the show. <laughs> Listen, Travis, I think, let me see how I can say that. The argument, on, or not an argument, the conversation that we've had going back and forth over this um, 
the past five or six years is bigger than any any conversation we can have. The hype is bigger than that. Right, but before you get started, it was all in fun, but go ahead. Exactly. That's just it. That's what I'm trying to say is that the fun and the back and forth and the trash talking part is really bigger (laughs) than whatever the numbers say. Um, Okay. And listeners, um, I go way back with Travis. And even before we started doing podcasting together, we were in the same place getting degrees um, from college. And that's more powerful than anything else I can say. But um, listen to Kirby Smart say that, you know, he's had 54 um, of his players to go in the draft the past two or three years. And, And he's right, but that doesn't mean they all came from Georgia. And I have to admit now that when you look at some of the major players um, that have been on the national scene, um, you could say they're from, from, from Georgia. The thing is with me is that over the past 10, 15, 20 years, or maybe even longer because I've been really into sports since the 72 Dolphins, and I don't, I don't think Jamel was alive then. So um, <laughs> I've been that dates that myself. What I like that was, I like that, <laughs> that dates myself, and of course, then Travis. But I've okay. been in the sport since then, and ever since then, Georgia, Florida, Texas, and California have really, um, you know, churned out the athletes that have serviced all of our professional platforms, whether it's the NBA, major leagues, um, and the NFL. And I've always said that. Now, if we subscribe to what Travis has been saying over the past three or four years with me is that all the top dogs have come from um, Georgia, um, I don't know if I subscribe to that, but I can't really refute it either. Um, I'm just not trying to give him a whole lot of meat on the plate, listeners. Um, But, you know, I I still say, though, that those four states, California, Texas, Georgia, and Florida have really been the key. And the reason that they've been the key is because those are year-round states for the most what? part. You can get out, get, get out year-round and, and work out and, and hone in on your skills. Now, over the past three or four years, Georgia has surprised me. It's gotten colder and colder, and it snows, snows more um, than normal um, than when we were there at Morehouse and Spelman. But for the most part. Uh, those states can churn out players because they're churning out the workouts and they're honing in on their skills and perfecting it. So that has been the argument. And even after we have this show tonight, I'll still text Travis back and forth and say, hey, big dog, you see the the last thing to come out. But I can't refute the top players coming from, from Georgia. Um but I can say this, even though the University of Georgia and Alabama, they have drafted really big um, uh, or, or really had a lot of players in these last drafts, I don't know where they came from, and I didn't sit and try to break that down. But you got to give them their, 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 their due. And the last thing is, is that if they look like us and look like me, I don't care where they come from. Congratulations. <laughs> right. And I want to let our listeners know that I've – our producer was really putting it mildly right there because off air, you can imagine how we've been going at it. <laughs> she really put it mildly. Husband, right having, 
been heavy-duty Travis because you all as men in sports have taught us as women to be trash talkers or we can't survive. You know, women have really infiltrated this particular medium, this media, um, you know, but in order to stay here and be relevant, we have to become trash talkers like you all, and you all are the best at it. And then I'll be quiet. I want to say it like this. Like you said, the the four states, Texas, California, Georgia, and Florida, those four states are warm-weather states, and they put on a lot of athletes. California and Texas are the biggest states. Yeah, Georgia might come in third, maybe, uh, behind Florida. I'm, I'm talking about this year. But this is why I say this. This is why. First of all, when it comes to those warm weather states, I know that when I was in high school and co- well, let's say college, when I start noticing those warm weather states, I know that the guys would say, "Well, up north for Christmas, we would get sleds, you know, for Christmas." Whereas the people in the southern state, they get bicycles, so on Christmas day they're riding their bikes, you know, at Christmas. So that right there kind of set in. I say that to say, like you said before. You know, those warm weather states, you, you're able to work out more. You're able to go out and run and do your workouts and things of that nature. Now, this is where it sets in. You had a quarterback from Carterville with Jacksonville Jaguars. You had Justin Fields. You had uh, Deshaun Watson. You've had these household names that have come out of the state of Georgia at these crucial positions over the time. You got some more in there at quarterback over the last 10 years that were from that were from Georgia. Then you had Demarius Thomas, rest in peace, that was with the Denver Broncos. He signed a contract, which was the, the high, he was the highest-paid NFL player at one time. Then you had Justin Houston from Georgia, outside linebacker with the Denver Broncos. He was the highest defensive player at one time. Hey, man, you're talking about A.J. Green, and the list could go on and on. Now, you have Matt Stafford, who raised up in Dallas, Texas, went to the University of Georgia. You got Will Anderson who played Alabama from right here at Fayetteville, Fayetteville, Georgia. Uh, I mean, the list could go on and on and on and on and on. Now, this year, Florida had 46 out of high school that were in the draft. Georgia had 36. That's really, really close, although it might be double-digit, but a small double-digit. We're talking 10. And, um, you know, it, it just goes on and on when it comes to you got Cam Newton. Oh, you got Adam Pacman Jones. I mean, these names right here. As soon as you say the name, you know who they are. You know what team they, you know that they did whatever off field or on field, but they were off. Hey, Jamil, they were off the chain at what they were doing. The guy, uh, I can't say his name every time. Uh, played with Alabama from Fort Lauderdale. That Falcons first player picked the wide receiver that was with the Gamblers. Uh, he went out this past year. What's his name, Jamil? Uh, played with Alabama, didn't play this past two years because of gambling. Quiet oh, receiver. Ridley, Ridley, Calvin Ridley. Yeah. yeah, Calvin Ridley. Very good talent, man. Very good talent out of, out of Florida. I remember when Florida made up probably, and I'm exaggerating, but I'm going to say it, they probably made up 75% of the NFL. I remember that, especially when I was in college, man. I mean, you had so many of them coming out of the state of Florida, but Georgia came around. Um but I just say that to say, hey, man, I think the two states, when it comes to the NFL and they're, and they're working, uh, I, think, I just think that, you know, and I'm not crazy, the quarterback at Alabama, the Heisman Trophy winner from California. Uh, 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 Nick Saban moved to from Hawaii. 
<laughs> you know, to be successful. Um, I, I, I just think that a lot of talent is right here in Georgia. Matter of fact, the 28th player picked this year is from my church right here in Marietta, Georgia, Turner Chapel AME Church. Uh, he, he, he got picked as the 28th player, and I just found that out this week. And, um, you know, and that was right up under my nose. I don't know how I missed that, Jamel. But, but again, uh, Miss Princess, I thank you for that. That that you know the trash talk there because it was it was it was it was good. It was good trash talk. It wasn't bad trash talk because now, uh, the first the first player picked last year, last year not this year, but the first player picked last year was from Georgia, and his, he was from my wife's uh, mother's hometown. I know his family. First player picked, and the year before that, the first player pick was from Georgia. So, you know, I just, I like, hey, man, all this talent around here, man, is just unbelievable. If you could just give me a couple minutes here. Chipper Jones, <laughs> um, Matt Moore, okay, Michael Irvin, Larry yeah. Little, Wes Chandler, yeah. Um, yeah. Jose Canseco, Alex yeah. Rodriguez, Steve Garvey, Warren Sapp. Oh, Lord. I mean, oh, Lord. <laughs> Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. Oh, Lord. You know, so, yeah. and and those are the ones from Florida. And we can go, um, you know, back and forth. But the biggest thing that I can take from this is that I've learned from the list that you've posted. I've learned because before, now, listeners, let me just say this. I didn't know where they were from. They were from. But Travis yeah. forced me to go yeah. look this stuff up. <laughs> He forced me. To, he forced me to know who were who were those and to take note of those from Georgia. And it's right. that simple. And and right. and I'll let you guys go. Jamel yeah. and Travis, yeah. great show. One more thing. Thank you so much. One more thing, Princess. What about Jackie Robinson? We can go back that far. <laughs> hey, Ro, Georgia. Can we go back that far? You, <laughs> hey, I'm going to give a shout out to 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 John Robinson Rev. Because that's the only jersey he wanted was a Jackie Robinson jersey. Maybe because the last name was still Robinson, but he loved and every year that's what I get him. Um and yeah. we, we celebrate yeah. Jackie Robinson Day. But, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um yeah. and I, I wanna say this, Dusty Baker in Houston just came to Atlanta and this is not even on subject. Came to Atlanta for the series against the Braves. But Dusty Baker said the only thing he really wanted to do, he knew his players were going to play, but he wanted to go see the tribute to Hank Aaron and the statue and go, and he said that was his friend. You know, so we have some pioneer um, players and athletes, and and, in that journey, we're standing on the shoulders of them for sure. Princess, I'm not going to let you make me cry. (laughs) Hey. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't make it to the Braves last year for, to to see them play. But I'm coming, Travis, and I'm gonna um, say hello to you and Yolanda. But yeah, uh, that's what Dusty Baker wanted to do, and he made a big deal out of it too in the media. Yes, he did. So yes, for sure, did. made a big deal yeah. out of that. So, gentlemen, carry on. Thank you for coming on. Hey man, look at this. That was pretty good, Jamel. Jamel, uh, you probably don't remember the 1972 Dolphins, do you? No, I've heard a lot about them, though. Definitely heard a lot about them. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty good team, man. They were the only team, that, you know, for a long time that went undefeated to the Super Bowl. What well, I mean, just won it, everything. Won everything. Then I, when I saw the Patriots go with Randy Moss and Don Brady, I thought it, well, I was going to see it all over again. And then they lost in the Super Bowl. I was like, what is that? Yeah. 
almost completed. Hey, Jamil, I know you're a young man, but the word almost only happens in horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look at this, man. I think we've had a very good show tonight. We've had some fun at the end with our producer, Miss Princess Cooper. And, um, hey, look, man, we're going to look forward to next week when we're going to have a really big show um, next week is going to be a very special show, so I invite all of you. Uh, I want you to wake the dog, go knock on your neighbor's door, because next week's going to be a very special show for Sports Talk Atlanta. For myself and Jamel Johnson and for our tremendous and brilliant interns, Ms. Sierra Herbert and Mr. Kevin Williams. This is Sports Talk Atlanta on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network and Radio. Everybody, keep balling.